Welcome to Talking Tobacco. I am your host, Bill, and my co-host today, Jay Blanchard's here. What's up, Jay? Nothing much, man. How are you? How was the uh, Christmas break? How was the Christmas holiday? <laughs> hectic, hectic. Uh, taking down Christmas decorations today. We're, we're never like super fast with getting decorations back down because it's horrible. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, it just takes us time, but we're, we're, we're getting there slowly. We'll chip away and probably by mid-January, <laughs> all the remnants of Christmas will be gone. How about yourself? Uh, I still have all of the decorations up. I, I got uh, both of my sons are home. They're both in the Navy um, and they're both home at the same time, which is like coordinating a space shuttle launch. So having them both here, I just haven't really wanted to take time away to start tearing stuff down. So everything's still up like it's like it's Christmas Eve. So uh, it's kind of silly. No, it's good. You got the boys home. Why not? Yeah, just leave them it's been, up. It's been you know great. what I mean? Yeah. That's yeah, awesome. absolutely. Absolutely. That's that's the weird thing is you, you, know, you don't really ever get, you know, they don't talk about dads, how they react to the kids growing up and leaving the house. It's always, it's always the, oh, they're poor moms. What do the moms do? But it actually hit me a little bit harder, I think, than it hit Megan. And um, so having them all home, it's kind of a, you know, it's, it's, it's a good day usually, you know, when they're going to be bobbing back in. So fantastic. That's what the holidays are all about. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so today I'm going to, I don't, I don't think I even told you this. I'm going to do like a mini review of one of the tobaccos I've gotten recently. Actually, probably towards the the, the end of, uh, the end of October, have you ever heard of uh, L.J. Peretti? I know. You know. Get me up to speed on it. All right, cool. So I am going to give a review of L.J. Peretti's number eight slices. Uh, it's, a, it's a Virginia Perique with a little bit of burley. But uh, before I get into that, I just was curious, have you gotten any new tobaccos lately? What have you been smoking? So- yeah, so the last the, the last new tobacco I got in was at uh, Cornell and Dale opening night because remember I told you I was uh, I told you that uh, I was doing a Christmas carol again this year, so I thought opening night I was going to smoke this Cornell and Dale opening night at the backstage door before I went in, and um, and I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I had a nice, it really kind of mellowed me out. It, I think it helped the performance. I think I, I was so easy to smoke. I would have smoked it on stage. If the director would have let me walk in with my pipe lit, I don't know if Ebenezer Scrooge smoked a pipe or not. Seems like something he would do. Wait, and, is uh, that is that where you were? You were Scrooge? Yeah, I was. I was Ebenezer Scrooge in, uh, <laughs> in the Christmas awesome. Carol. <laughs> oh yeah. my god! Wait, what is opening night? Is that a, is that a pure Virginia? Is that a straight Virginia? So it's it's you know the going by what it says, it's it's a blend of red and bright Virginias, um, and um, no, it was it was tasty. It comes the way it comes. Yeah, that's what it is. It's a straight, yeah. It's a straight Virginia blend. What did you think? Because I don't, I thought you were you were more you're more of an aromatic smoker. So well, I like I, I like I like the aromatics, but you've kind of inspired me to start. I've been listening to the show, and you've kind of inspired me to step out of just the you know you can't for me you can't go wrong with I'm more of a pipe maker, not more of a tobacco guy as as people who've listened to the show or listened to me on the show say before. I'll say it again. Um, but with, with your, your show, I've developed a more of an interest in trying other things. And I got to tell you the, the room note and the satisfaction of smoking this, I, I the, you know, the, you know, the one cues, those type of tobaccos, they're going to smell great in a room full of people. They're going to compliment you on it. I did get some complaints from the coworkers that I smelled like smoke when I came in. But um, but for the most but for the most part, as far as the actual enjoyment and the taste of the tobacco, I thought it tasted wonderful, and it, oh, it cool. was the perfect night for opening night for me. Oh, that's cool. So it was, that's and it becomes. Cool. I get actors and baseball players are notoriously superstitious. So whatever you do when you open a play, if you have a good, if you have a, if it's a good performance then you end up having to do that the whole time. And so I don't want to add too much of a litany to what I got to go through. So taking a couple of puffs on the pipe, going inside, fixing myself a cup of Earl Grey tea, 
And that was the start of every show uh, for for the run of the show. So, so that sounds good. That sounds good to me, man. Yeah, I'll tell you if you like opening night and your palate's starting to expand, where you're able to really start enjoying uh, like non aromatics, like getting away. I think there's so many pipe smokers that started there, started at Captain Black. Start it, you know, Prince Albert. Um, not that Prince Albert's that much of an aromatic. I don't even think it is. It's just straight burly. But I mean, it's got toppings in it. But um, you know, once once your palate starts expanding, you're really going to start craving more pure tobacco flavors. In my opinion, I'm pretty. I mean, it happens to so many pipe smokers. It's yeah. almost like I think I I talked about this in the last show, and it's almost like. Picture like anything you, I always, I always equate it to like alcohol, alcohol or like coffee. Right. So when you first start drinking coffee, you load it up with cream and sugar. And then as you, you know, you, you know, you get older and you, you start drinking more coffee, you start realizing, man, it's kind of sweet. Maybe, maybe I'll stop putting the sugar in. And then you just put the cream in. And then after a while, you're like, eh, do I need the cream? You know? <laughs> yeah. And then you're just going like a straight black cup of coffee, you know? And and the same yeah. thing with like alcohol. Like when we first started drinking, you know, everybody was drinking. When you're a kid, you don't know what the hell you're drinking, right? You're either drinking really bad beer or really bad cocktails. You know, yeah. fruity. You know, all these fruity cocktails. And eventually, you get you start you start wising up, and your palate starts maturing, and you start so, dropping off of all of the other mixers and sweet stuff and you get down to the pure form of you know whatever you're you're dabbling well, what in. was that what was that first fruity uh alcohol drink that you got so sick of oh, that, you, could, that you can't touch or you couldn't touch? i remember <laughs> i remember being at like a family party at probably who knows 14 15 and you're sneaking in you know your uncle's cabinet because he had all the booze out for the party and you wind up grabbing like a peach schnapps or something and just pouring it, pouring it in orange <laughs> juice or whatever the hell just what you didn't care really what it was as long as it didn't taste like alcohol because you you know you would have died so, you know you're so just you, trying you, to like you got pretend the, like you you're got an the, adult. the first half of what made me sick so when i turned 18 i lived in southeast texas and it was we'd make a run to louisiana because you could still drink at 18 in louisiana at the time it was a long time ago, obviously. So, um, so we ran to Louisiana, and it, I hadn't developed a taste for beer. I obviously couldn't drink scotch or any whiskey. Good Lord, no. So I decided I was going to drink orange juice and vodka, and I got yeah, so sick. Sure. I got so sick on those two on that on that drink <laughs> that I couldn't drink orange juice or vodka for all four years of college. I couldn't drink. It, it, the smell, the the taste of orange juice made me sick to my stomach every single time, which sucked because, you know, orange juice, that's how a lot of people start their day is drinking a glass of orange juice. So wow. Couldn't do it. I never heard, I never heard of that four one, four years, four <laughs> years, I couldn't drink orange juice. <laughs> uh, so. You know what, though? That's not a big combo. I mean, vodka and orange juice, that's a lot of, uh, you know, brunch that's a regular brunch cocktail. Yeah. I'm talking like, that's normal. Like I'm talking about crap. I was trying to grab, you know, like, like not any kind of schnapps. It's like yeah. an old lady beverage that, you know, that you're trying to, it's just horrible. I'll tell you what, the only, I'm not a, you know, you know, who's a big schnapps drinker. He's and he's famous. I know you know who he is. You may not know that he likes to drink schnapps, but I've listened to several interviews. Arnold Schwarzenegger, whenever he's no. talking, he no, loves schnapps. I, I refuse to believe it. You would think that you would think that it would be like no. single malt whiskey or cognac. Yes, but I'm 100%. telling you, I'm telling you, he drinks schnapps. He likes schnapps no. quite a bit. Don't, he talks about it in several interviews. Please don't ruin my childhood heroes. Please, <laughs> I cannot picture Arnold drinking. The Terminator does not drink schnapps. I refuse to accept that. Well, I might even game. delete it from the podcast. <laughs> So have you made any uh have you made any tobacco purchases the last couple months besides the opening night? Um no, I I've got uh, I've got a nice I've got a nice uh little collection going, 
and I haven't added anything that was really new. I did crack into some stuff that I already had. Like I smoked some, some straight Kentucky. It was just this straight, this pressed gold. It was comes in this gold leaf, pure Kentucky tobacco. And man, I, I smoked it and I got a huge, a huge rush off of it, a, a little bit of a buzz. And it's Where did delicious. you get it? What's the what's the name of it? Hang on a second. Let me get it real quick. Hang okay. On. Yeah. Okay. It's H and H Bold Kentucky. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's yeah. Okay, McBaron. That's McBaron. Yeah. Yeah, and it's. I mean, it smells delicious. And it's it was it was great, but the the nicotine content was just through the roof on this bad boy. Well, so. yeah, Darfire Kentucky. Yeah. Yeah. Bold Kentucky. And HH, they also make one called Old Dark Fired. Yeah. And I have the Old Dark Fired, and it's strong. It's strong. Yeah. And that and that bold Kentucky, yeah, it's going. That's that's up there. But uh, they also make their. See, McBaron has their HH line is their premium line, and they make a yeah. few different tobaccos under the HH label. And yeah. one of them, you might want to write this down, is HH Pure Virginia. If you like opening night, that pure Virginia is so good. You know what that reminds me of, especially you're a tea guy. That is probably, to me so far, the the blend that tastes like tea the most is that HH Pure Virginia. The um, yeah, the overall flavor of all of these tobaccos they're improving with 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 time for me. Oh, of course, sure. Like um. You know, I if I if I put, if I have some and I put it in it, I use um, I use jelly jars to store it in, and I'll just leave it there and then I'll come back to it and it tastes better. For me, almost all the tobaccos they seem to get better. There's something to be said for cellaring. I still don't know what I'm doing really yet. I may be storing it improperly, but um, I was listening to one of your episodes and you uh, I are. I think it said something about rehydrating, you know, some old tobacco with like an apple slice, just sticking it in there and then draws the moisture out of it. Um, I haven't tried that yet. I haven't needed to. But um, the ones that I let mellow in those jars, when I go back to them, they're always better. They're, they always taste better to me yeah. for some reason. That's so, Yeah, man. Yeah, the know. bowl jars are great. A lot of guys, there's plenty of guys out there that will just – seller their tins. When their tins come in, they'll just put their tin, they'll put a date on it and put it away. But there's a lot of guys that will open their tins, put them in bowl jars and then put them away because you actually, there's a little bit more air. So that little bit of air and it being in a jar, a lot of guys think it ages even faster in a jar. Yeah. So I would, I would, I would, it seems like it would make more sense that it has to because the vacuum ceiling is designed to vacuum preserve ceiling. It. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. yeah. And, um, so to be able to open it up and, you know, it's kind of like, you know, letting it breathe for lack of a better word. It seems, it seems to improve the flavor. Cause like I've opened stuff right out of the tin and I, I'll tell, cause you get new tins of tobacco. You're so dang excited. The first thing you want to do is crack one open and, and start getting into it. And then, the, but the flavor of it, I may not like it. And then I'll set it aside and then I'll come back to it six months later and I'll try it. It's like, why did I not, why did I not smoke all of this when it first came in? Why right. is it so good now? And it's, yeah. so there's something to be said for aging. I, I, I still don't know what I'm doing as far as that goes, but, um, there's nothing to know. You just wait. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's temperature things. There's, there's guys that really are putting their jars or their, their tins in like, airtight chests, you know, climate controlled rooms, or at least in a room where the, the, the temperature is not fluctuating so much. I mean, I'm not going to age anything for 20 years. I don't think I have a 20 year old. I have that Sutliff Kringle flake from 2022 as a 20 year old Virginia. And to be honest, I don't love it. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's the aging or not, but it kind of takes all the all the edges off, and I like yeah. a, I like some edge. I yeah. think my sweet spot right now, and I'm st- still learning. I'm still learning. I think my sweet spot right now might be like three to five year old Virginia for me, because yeah. I like I like that edge. 
I like the, the, you know, the changing and the sharpness sometimes of the the bowl. And if yeah. it's totally rounded out, it kind of almost is like a one note. Now, there's plenty of guys out there that tin Escudo every year. They'll buy a bunch of Escudo and just throw it away and but put it put it away. Yeah, and they'll, they'll probably think I'm crazy, and they're probably like, "This guy don't know he's a, he hasn't smoked a ten year old Escudo," and they're right, I haven't, and maybe that's phenomenal, I don't know, um, but I think for me right now, like three to five is like gold, my Goldilocks yeah. time frame. See, one thing you and I are doing too is we 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 buy our, we're not trying to monetize our sellers. Like I know a few guys that buy stuff that's in demand they'll, they'll they'll check tobacco you know tobacco magazine they'll check they'll check and they'll see what's what is in demand and what can you not get and if you hear something that hey i can't get this on one of the message boards and this guy finds it he'll it's almost like they're keeping it and they'll just they'll sell it just and then they'll wait and then they'll resell it on eBay and stuff like that. It just, for me, I don't know enough. It's, it, I guess you, any aficionado can do that. You could do it probably with cigars. I know you could do it with wine, but um, my, you know, for me, it's just, I'm still buying these things with the soul. I just want individually to enjoy it. I'm not thinking about monetizing it, but I, I know that there's a market out there and I know guys that are doing that. I know pipe yeah, makers there are, are guys. doing it. Yeah, so there are for sure. Just, you know, I, I think it's, it's not my bag. I don't know, you know, I don't know that I would, uh, I would really want to put that much thought into it, but I, I do, you know, I, I would mean, it's not- like to hook up with one of those guys and say, okay, walk me through this. What is, you know, and then say, okay, this is one that's aged a year. This is one that's been aged two years. This is the reason why this is expensive right now, you know, and, uh, and kind of explain to me how, how that's working. So. Well, there, there's uh, there's a website called Tin Bids, and where you where you can go on and bid on tobacco, and they have a lot of older tobacco. I think four that's, that's where this guy's this where uh, this guy's reselling it. Actually, yeah, and there I think Four Noggins does consignment. I mean, I think a lot of the guys what they do is I don't think they put that much thought into it. It's and you're not going to sell anything for age the year that's going to be much different than today's price. You know yeah. what I mean? It's really not you're, you, st- the stuff that the stuff that's expensive is like McClellan, anything McClellan because they're not on the market anymore, or probably like uh, and like Esoterica because you can't get it. There's like one drop a year, you never know when it is. Yeah. And then like, or or if there's tins of a Scudo, they got to be ten years old for anybody to spend anything significant on it. And I, I just wouldn't chase that, Jay. I mean. Especially for you, not that you're saying you are, but your your pal, it's just kind of growing right now. There's no, there'd be such a waste of money to buy anything. Right. right. You know what I mean? And, like and me what buying you're, a thousand dollar bottle of wine. What the hell do I know about wine that's going to yeah, justify? I bought an $80, <laughs> I bought an $80 bottle of wine one time for someone for a gift. And when they opened it, they let me take a sip and I was like, Psh. I'm good with my $12 bottle, so I don't need <laughs> I have no idea what I'm doing. But um, no, you're, I think you're doing it the right way. Like, that's that's the way to do it. It's like you get a tin in, crack it, and then sample it. And then I, I put a little – I put it in a bowl jar, and I put a little um, masking tape on it, and I write the date I got it. I go back to it three months later, six months later. Or if I like it, I just smoke it right there. But some guys – a lot of guys will do it like this. They'll buy two tins of something. No matter what they buy, they buy two. Yeah. I'll just put one away and I'll never open it. But the way uh, you're doing it, it's fine. You put it in a jar, try it, put it away. Yeah. You know how many jars I, I went through this year that I bought in 2019 and 2020? That was like a, it, that was like not long ago, but it, it flies. And it, it's yeah. it, these are jars that I wasn't even trying to sell her. It's just that I, I kept buying more tobacco and they got pushed to the back of the, you know, the back of my container in the basement. And I was I started going through it again. I was like, oh yeah, let me pull this out. I was drinking, I mean, I was smoking three-year-old Virginias and they were great. Matter of fact, that luxury bullseye flake is was great after three years. That uh, Peter Stokeby luxury bullseye. I love that. Matter of fact, I was trying to buy some recently. You can't find it anywhere. Every website they're out right now. So I think everybody else knows too. And it's cheap. It's so inexpensive. 
it's like half of what a tin would be. You know, you get it at two ounce or four ounce. I'd probably get it in eight ounce going forward and then yeah. probably smoke some and put some away. But that, that tobacco is, is so good. Matter of fact, I like it so much. I went on this spree of buying Virginia Perique with Cavendish because of Bullseye Fleek. I said, let me see what other companies make this uh, concoction. You know what I mean? So I liked it so much. And they're all pretty good. So uh, I'll, matter of fact, that'll lead us into what I purchased lately since I, okay. I just talked about it. So I said that I got some LJ Peretti, which the number eight slices I'm going to talk about today. Cornell and Deal's Cajun Cake. So it's a nice little cake, and that's Virginia Perique Cavendish, Black Cavendish. It's delicious. I love Black Cavendish. Um, the, I got a Davidoff. The Davidoff Flake Medallions is almost, it's the same idea as the Peter Stokeby Luxury Bullseye Flake. It's in a coin, and it's the same thing with the Cavendish in the middle. But everybody says this is better than Stokeby, but we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I love Davidoff cigars. I never had their pipe tobacco, and they always make premium cigars, so we'll see. But um, it's a new tin, and some of the videos I, were, I was watching on this, on this, uh, the Flake Medallions, like these guys had it each for like five years, which is going to be vastly different from when I smoke it. I, it might only be six months. Yeah. But I'm sure it's going to be good. Um, I got... Uh, some GLP Stratford, which is a Virginia Perique, and it's a rib, it's a ribbon cut, and it's more on the high and bright side. It's more bright Virginia, and I had it last year or the year before I bought it, and I didn't think much of it um, at the time, and then I just kept slowly going back to it, smoking it over the summer because it would just fit for a summer blend like that, my Orlick Gold, Golden Sliced, and when I finished it... I don't know, maybe six months ago. And I was like, nah, whatever. Smoking all this other tobacco. And then all of a sudden I was like, man, I got to get some Stratford back in here. <laughs> so it's weird how the tobacco like calls you sometimes. It's like, hello, you forgot about me. Remember yeah. those flavors? And you're like, oh shit, I got to jump on smoking yeah, pipes yeah. and put that in my basket. Yeah. That's, that is and strange then, how seasonal it is because- you know, during the winters, I just love any of the English tobaccos that I have. I just crush those during the winter months. I don't know why they're better in the winter time, but they just are. And then um, the, this is a tricky time of year for me in Texas because the um, it gets cold here and then it warms up for a couple of days and it gets cold again. And in central Texas, we got cedar trees everywhere. So the tree, the cedar trees just start doing their thing and pumping all this pollen out. So if I go outside to try, if I'm outside for any more than like 10, 15 minutes, the cedar is getting in my face and to go outside and try to smoke a pipe, it just makes it miserable. So this is the time of year where I can't, I just can't enjoy outdoor uh, pipe smoking. That means I got to do it all inside. And, uh, and uh, it's, it's really so much more enjoyable to smoke indoors. <laughs> you know, it just, it's, I don't, you know, I, I, I I know line. it's become passe. Nobody does it anymore. Everybody goes outside. And I smoke. do it. I get it. But I being it. able to smoke inside is just—it's like it's—it's it's decadent almost. It's so it's such a treat, you know. I know. No, I mean Silly. since I moved, it's been since I moved, it's been a year and a half, and I have this back room now. I don't even smoke outside. I don't. I don't. Yeah. I can't get the flavors. And it sounds crazy. I just don't enjoy the flavors. It's something with just a little bit of breeze, and that's probably why, like, I would have to smoke, like, my English tobaccos outside because I need more full flavors to even be outside. So in this back room, I can just open up all these windows, and I don't – I won't smoke. Plus, I, I, I've been lighting my pipes with uh, matches. So because every – I'm so tired of spending money on lighters, and they're just shit. I can't find a good one. I'm not going to buy like a Dunhill, like Rolagas or whatever the hell the name of it is, like for a thousand dollars. But every every lighter I get sucks. So I just been using matches for the last two years, and I'm, I'll sit inside. I'm sitting in my back room, open up windows, fire up my pipe, and yeah. uh, you know, it's a little I know so I'm spoiled that way. Whenever I think about it, I just you know I think back to those those those. You and I are both movie buffs, and I think back to those 
to those uh, you know those those English movies where you just have these drawing rooms and clubs and and after after dinner the the gentlemen retire to the billiard room or some back room and they just enjoy their cigars and brandy and stuff like that. So when I'm smoking, it just feels awesome. like I'm. Yeah, it yeah. just feels like I'm hearkening back to this this oh, time, yeah. you know, where everybody did it. Everybody was smoking. So fantastic. Um, yeah, it's enjoyable. So uh lastly, because I was looking for a Virginia Perique and Cavendish. I'm like trying all these different companies, whoever puts it out. I was like, eh, let me try this. Really looking for like a ribbon, and it really, the only ribbon I, I know of, Sutliff makes one. I think it's called 1879. I just didn't order it yet, or 1872. I can't remember. It's something like that. But um, I went ahead and I said, I remember us talking about this, and we were talking about home blending, and I was like, Nah, forget it. I'm not, I'm not doing it. Well, guess what I did? I bought the components to blend a Virginia Perique and Cavendish blend that I can have at the house. So I got that too, and it's all in ribbon. So I bought this uh, like two ounces of this like sweet Virginia. It's it's I guess it's considered it's called a Virginia Long Cut, but it's uh it's it's kind of a of of an aged bright, and it's a little bit rounded, so it doesn't have the sharpness of bright, but it doesn't totally have the deepness of a red. It's kind of in between. And it's like perfect because instead of me buying for the first time, buying a bunch of bright and a bunch of red and trying to mix them, this this one's kind of like in the middle. So I bought that. I bought two ounces of Louisiana Perique and I bought Black Cavendish, unflavored Black Cavendish. And I don't have a scale, so I was like using like measuring cups and I was making small baggies, I guess. You see that? Excellent. Yep, I'm seeing So... Yeah, so, so like I'm, I'm keeping track of like how much it's, not, it's something like you know seventy five percent of the Virginia, and maybe ten percent, nah, maybe eighty percent Virginia, ten percent Perique, maybe fifteen percent Perique, and then like five percent Cavendish, something like that. I, I'm sure that's all off, but it's something like that. And what I'm doing is I'm I'm having a couple bowls, and then I'll go back and I'll pinch a little bit more Perique in have a couple bowls, uh, maybe I'll get a little Cavendish. So I'm trying to figure out, and guess what? It's not bad. It's not bullseye flake, you know what I mean? But it's not, it's really not bad. Here's the thing that I, you, you know, and I know you know this, you may not remember this, but when, when my wife and I went to dinner with you and your bride, when we were in uh, Philadelphia, the, back when you were living there, um, we went to this restaurant and we had orange cello as opposed to lemon cello and it was house made in that restaurant mm -hmm. and they house made all of their lemon cello mm -hmm. and we had been house making our lemon cello uh since my mother-in-law came back from italy with a recipe and uh so we make this house made lemon cello so when people come to my house and if, and if i'm serving anything that even resembles italian food somebody that's been in my house before and had it they'll ask Hey man, you got any of that limoncello? And I put up, I, I put up some every year and I make these little bottles of it. And when I run out, I'll put up some more. And, um, so where I'm going with this is, is you, you may have stumbled across the bill ball house home collection of tobacco, <laughs> which is just going to be a blended tobacco that you can only get, uh, at bill balls residence, you know, um, it may be something, sure. it may be something special. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's not something special, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure uh, no one's going to want to smoke my house blend. But uh, it's fun, you know what I mean? It's fun. It's just like it's just like home brewing your own beer. Yeah, you absolutely. Know? So anyway, I'm trying it you, out. Man, it's I, fun. I, I suffered through some really when I lived in Austin. I suffered through some really terrible homebrew, just really just bad stuff. But. I, with the rise of YouTube videos and the and the expertise that you can get by just watching people who do whatever you're into, um, I can't remember the last time I went and had a bottle of homebrew that wasn't good, that wasn't yeah. that wasn't delicious. Yeah. 
You know, no, I mean, everybody gets, we've all gotten better at our little hobbies that we're, whatever we're doing. So, so uh, stick with it. I, next time I'm in, next time I'm in New York, I'll take the train out to uh, Jersey and we'll, uh, I, I look forward to having a, a pipe full of your, yeah, of, your for sure. of your home blend tobacco. <laughs> you know, um, it, it's, it's fun. It's fun. But, you know, with tobacco, there's just so much amazing tobacco that's not expensive and it's at your fingertips. Yeah. It's kind of hard to be like, yeah, I'm going to smoke my home stuff. Trying to make your own cheese. <laughs> well, you know, plus I'm kind of prejudiced against, I'm kind of prejudiced against myself. Like I'm, I'm like, why am I smoking it? I got GLPs blends in here. I'm like, what am I, what am I doing? Why am I, you know, but again, it's, it's just, uh, just for fun. But what I also have done with it though, is you don't have to start from scratch. So like, in other words, there's some blends that I have, some burly blends that I don't love. So I could just grab even even doing it bowl by bowl, I could just pinch off some straight Virginia and then just grab a little pinch of that burley that's just too overbearing, mix those together, stick that in your pipe and smoke it, as they say. <laughs> and it's almost yeah. like I won't waste that blend that I it's too strong for me. I can like slowly yeah. mix it in, you know what I mean? And like enjoy it that way, enjoy uh, more subtle. So there's a lot of different things you could do with it, so... Hey man, I, I I would I encourage. Here's another thing too. I hate wasting anything. I don't know if mm-hmm. it's something. It seems like I'm it's a, a cheap ass. I'm the same it, way. It seems like I'm it's a progressive disease. I seem to be getting worse and worse about it as I get older. It's great. Uh, I don't like to waste anything either. But I don't like to waste anything. And so yeah. the thought that you could create, you know, like I think I, I think I may have mentioned this last time. The fort de fromage, the uh, strong cheese. Whenever you have the little pieces of cheese left over on a cheese board. I take it, I blend it with white wine and a little bit of uh, garlic sometimes, and I'll make a spread out of it and I'll serve it on toast. And uh, and it never fails. I have a party, I'll have people over, I'll set out this bowl of Fort de Fromage that I set out and they'll take it and they'll, they'll put it on a crack and they're like, where'd you get this? And then I have to go through the whole boring story of explaining that I am a cheap ass and I don't throw anything away. And sometimes they get turned off and then sometimes they'll, usually the guy will be like, that's great. And then the wife will be like, I'm not touching that, you know? So the story's part of it. That's part of the fun. And then to see someone's, re- to see someone's reaction to it and then yeah. to them to know that they'll never get this. They can't ever get this cheese. It's one of one. one Enjoyed of one. It. it. It's over. It's, it's over. over. And it'll never. And you'll you'll uh, never get the same yeah. thing again. You know, I've done the same thing. Believe it or not, I I um I drink a lot of espresso. And I got an exp- I got two Nespresso machines. I drink Turkish coffee. Any kind of coffee product, I love it. But every once in a while, I just like a percolated cup of coffee because I grew up drinking percolated okay. coffee with my grandparents. Old school. Yeah. Old school. Memories, the old school sure. Faberware. Yeah percolator that every grandparent it's almost had. like you could taste the tin exactly it's almost like you could taste the tin from that percolator. <laughs> right my mother right. has one i go over her stove the thing's like it's going to explode it's like, right <laughs> yeah oh yeah. I, I yeah the one with the little glass lid and it and you can see it yeah. popping up in it yeah <laughs> so the uh whenever I, I it never fails for every christmas my wife's a teacher so she'll get 50 little boxes of coffee and the, it, we, you know, you, it's a storage issue. I can't just, I just, I hate seeing them all over the counter. So one day I just had an old, I had an old coffee uh, can and I just cracked the top of it. I just poured them all in there. Every one of them. I don't care what they were. All the different coffees went into this one tin. And now when I want to make percolated coffee, I'll pop four cups of that, four scoops of that into the percolator, oh, and it goes, and whatever comes out, comes out. And I got to tell you, I am on a batch right now that anytime I serve it, somebody says, dude, this is amazing. Where did you get this coffee? And I, again, I have to tell them, you know, the whole, it's like the cheese. It's oh. the whole freaking story. So to be able to do this with tobacco, dude. I'm totally geeking out on it. I hope it works. See, what's funny is, like, for me, I'm a little OCD as well. So like that would drive me crazy not to know what's in that blend, you know, yeah. your coffee blend. So even though it's a one, like I would just in case it's amazing, I need to know how to make it again. <laughs> but I like that you don't because that's almost part of the fun. It's almost like it's a gamble. 
We'll see how it goes. That's why go. I'm measuring out my blend because I'm like, well, if this comes out amazing, I got to be able to figure <laughs> this out. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Dude, you, here's the here's your hell then with your OCD. You make the most amazing blended tobacco ever, and you don't know how you did it, and you can never recreate it. You'll go insane <laughs> trying to figure it out. Yeah. I know. There's a there's a movie that something like that happens. Like it's a it's a plot that's um, it's called uh, a medicine man. It's got Sean Connery in it, and he finds I know that movie. Yeah, he finds the cure. He stumbles across this cure for cancer. And he, he cures this little girl of cancer in this little tribe. And he's living in this in this rainforest somewhere. And uh, he brings in somebody to help him recreate it. And he can't. I always just remember the, you know, the uh, when he's like, he goes, you know, I've lost, I found the cure and I've lost it. And he's like, and she's like, what do you mean you lost it? Well, I, I lost it. You know, like, have you ever lost something before, Bronx? Have you ever lost your card keys? It's like that. I found the cure for the bloody plague of the 21st century, and now I've lost it. You know, and I, I just see you going it. nuts with your, I just see you going nuts with your tobacco. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's why I uh, take notes. Before I get into the LJ Peretti, there was one quick story I wanted to tell you. And it has to do with palates. And you were talking about how your palate now is, you know, shifting and you're getting into more uh, pure tobaccos and getting starting to dabble away from aromatics. When I first started smoking, what, what got me... Well, pipe tobacco, what got me like hooked on it was the English blends. And it was like English with a lot of Turkish Oriental, that like Balkan, those, uh, those Turkish tobaccos really just with a lot of key just really hooked me in. And, and, I, and I went on this like couple year bender of trying all these different English blends. And so I'm getting all these heavy Latakia blends, like GLP's Westminster, I absolutely, that was like my number one. And I have to go back and try that again because it's been a while and I, something happened and I'm where I'm slowly getting to. Um, but like GLP's Westminster plum pudding, all those ones that I sent you in that little sampler, all those dark Latakia blends. I, I, I was dabbling in Virginia, like you're doing now in Virginia Perique because I kept watching reviews and everybody kept talking about it. And while I'm loving my English blends, would occasionally have a bowl of some Virginia and I hated it. And I was like, this is, there's nothing here because when you're coming from these full English blends and you go to like a straight Virginia, of course there's not going to be anything. It's just your palate is too focused and, and too refined, not refined enough, but like too honed in on these heavy blends, these smack you in the face blends. But as I started smoking more and more Virginia, I really started to understand it and I started to really like it and I stopped smoking the English blends. And now all summer and it's probably six months before that, it's almost been a year to the point where I tried to smoke an English blend like a week ago and I couldn't even, I got like towards the halfway point and I had to stop and put it out. And I went back and I grabbed a Virginia blend and I filled it up and I was like, are the English blends? Are they? Are they? Are they just heavy? Do they? Are they not tasting good to you anymore? What's the? What's the? They, it's. It's almost. It's almost like it's. I got used to the subtle flavors. I like. It's almost like your palate's getting more refined, and you're able to pick out the subtle flavors, and you don't need a sledgehammer on your head. Right. Anymore. Right. 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 You so, know what I mean? It's. It, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I do, it's actually. almost like. It's almost like. Again, going back to, let's just say alcohol, you're using all these mixed drinks and it's all this cra- these crazy flavors versus like sipping a scotch, just like sipping this and you're like, okay, that's, you know, these delicate flavors. And I don't know, right? And I think a lot of guys go through this where you get to the point where like you, you can't do a lot of key anymore or, yeah. or there's a phase. I don't, and I'm a little bit nervous that it's, it's gone forever. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm in this like pipe group on Facebook and the guys, a lot of guys were laughing at me going, ah, you'll be back. Don't worry. And there's other guys, Virginia guys going, yeah, it happened to me. I don't know. Like, so I have so much 
English blinds, so many English blinds that I'm like, oh, like unopened stuff. And I'm like, oh my God, am I never going back? But I don't know. Right now, my palate is all Virginia, Virginia Perique. And it's to the point where I'm smoking, where I thought I was going to be smoking Virginias in the summer and like a lot of key English in the winter. I can't even go to English. It's too much. I wind up going like bright Virginia in the summer and a darker red Virginia in the winter. Like that's plenty. It's plenty for me yeah. right now. So uh, what I'm trying to do is, and as I learn more, is I'm trying not to fight it. Just go with it. Smoke what you like right now and don't worry about it. And if eventually you want to smoke an English blend, like I smoke some Squadron Leader, which is a light English. There's not much, uh, a lot of key in that. And I enjoy that once in a while, but I always fall back to Virginia. And if that's what it is, that's what it is. If I'm a Virginia smoker now, so be it. If one day I go back to English, I don't care. But I don't want to get to the point where I was in the beginning where I'm always kind of fighting or or trying too hard to adapt to something or try something. I just want to smoke what I like. What right. the hell am I doing? You know what I mean? I don't get paid yeah. for this shit. Like yeah. smoke, <laughs> smoke what you like. So I'm just trying to ride out my, my Virginia stuff right now. I have another friend of mine that uh, hopefully I'll get to introduce you to one day, but he did the same thing, except it happened to him with coffee. He switched to light roasted coffee about five, six years ago now. And the the French press or the French roasted coffees, he, he just bashes them. He, he, he's, he's actually okay. hostile towards anything that's not a light roasted coffee. And he okay. described, uh, he described, a uh, a sip of coffee he says when it's light roasted you get the floral notes and i finally i finally made me a cup of coffee and i kid you not it's just that descriptive that description of the floral notes in a light roasted coffee it's apt you as you as soon as you taste it you know exactly what he's talking about and um he hasn't like corrupted me to where i can't because i like i drink all kinds of coffee i like any kind of coffee related product but um, but he's he he is he is a straight light roasted dude now. He cannot he can't even enjoy he doesn't even enjoy my house blend coffee. <laughs> because <laughs> <laughs> let's not judge him on that. Jay. He might he might be he might know more than you think at this point. <laughs> no, I, I hear that and that's fine because yeah, but it might just be because he likes floral coffee. So maybe if it's so. light roasted, well, it, and, like and maybe and maybe a light roasted coffee, that's what that's the flavors you get with a, a lot of light roasted coffee. I don't know. No, well, that's I mean that's interesting. So yeah, yeah. I mean it could be something like that where I'm yeah. just like that's that's where. But my point is, and I watch a lot of videos on YouTube. I like the the YouTube pipe community a lot, and I'll see guys, and you get to know the guys, and I know the guys that are English smokers. I know the guys that favor a lot of Kia blends. And when I see them reviewing a Virginia, I'm almost like, I know you're not going to love this. This is not for you. This isn't even for you. I know, you, you know what I mean? So it's funny. Um, or, or I watch guys that like are trying to trying to, to get that Virginia. And I'm like, uh, you know, I, I get it. There's nothing wrong with constantly trying blends. And I hope I never get to the point where I don't want to try blends. But I just don't want to fight it anymore. I'm just going to roll with my Virginia for now and Virginia Perique and then occasionally smoke an English blend, see if I like it. There's bur Burley blends I like, though, too. Like we were, you were talking about the HH line, and my favorite Burley right now is HH uh, Burley Flake. It is so good. And that with a cup of coffee in the afternoon, oh, that's like my favorite afternoon treat, HH Burley Flake. Anything with a lot of key right now, I'm kind of like, Unless, unless I know for sure it's something where it's a hint of Latakia, a hint. Like, for example, GLPs makes Fillmore, which is a Virginia Perique, and there's a hint. As a matter of fact, it's even hard to detect, but there, it's, it could, because it's not even on in the description or, or anything, but there's some Latakia in there. And that's how I want it right now. Just, just, just so in the background, it's just compliments where... Before I needed that the main component, yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that, but that's just, anyway. That's just where my palate is right now. We'll see. We'll see where it, we'll see if it if it shifts anymore. All right, Jay L J Peretti is a tobacconist. I think it's the second oldest tobacconist in the states from 1870. They're out of Boston. 
The reason I really didn't know anything about them for the longest time was because you have to go to their website to buy their tobacco. It's not like on smoking pipes where I do all my ordering or on pipes and cigars. You have to go to their site and order their tobacco. And I was watching a video of our boy, somebody you like, Chris from Eldritch Pipes. Oh, yeah. He uses uh, Eldritch Rod in your pipes, right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's a great, it's a great product. I don't know the guy all that well, but it's a great. Well, product. you should watch his videos. He's got he puts out a new video every Friday, and uh, he does his pipes of the week, the pipes that he made that week, and they're usually commissioned and already sold, but yeah. they're awesome to look at. And uh, I like I like watching him smoke a pipe for some reason. Every blend he smokes looks delicious. I'm like I like I want to smoke what he's smoking, yeah. but um, he was talking about L.J. Peretti, and I was like, how? and I started googling, and I'm like, how the hell did I miss that? So they make all they make all different types of tobacco, but uh, their number eight slice is a Virginia Perique with burley, and the flakes come in. They they're thicker flakes. They kind of look like Sutliff's flake tobacco. They're it almost. I have Sutliff's uh, crumble cake Virginia Perique, so it's a thicker flake. Uh, crumbles up pretty easily, but it's a thick flake. Uh, it's delicious. It's really good. It's more on the. It's more rounded. There's no sharpness to it. I took some notes here. The color is almost like a brown and black marble. That's what it looks like. It looks delicious. It looks like a little brownie. You want to bite it. <laughs> Soft but medium body. It's a smooth and creamy smoke. There's no sharpness to it. Zero tang like you would have in a bright. Uh, more sweet, but not like chemical sweet, but there's no grass, no hay. It's almost one note, but it's, it's delicious. It's just this really soft, it's a really soft blend. Like I was talking about Stratford earlier and that's more tangy, zesty. And this is more just rounded, creamy. And the description I kind of gave it is almost like if you were drinking a cappuccino frothy, creamy uh, flavor you get with like a cappuccino. So I would say definitely check that out if you haven't yet and you love Virginia Perique. A word of warning though, and you'll see some older videos on YouTube talking about this. They talk about this essence, this Peretti essence, and it's got to be a casing. It has to be a casing. It's It can't be natural because I have... I bought also, they have like a uh, sample bags of um, some of their aromatics. So I got four of their sample pack. And this flavor is in all four. So they must case their tobacco in this flavor. I don't want to say the word Lakeland because everybody freaks out when you say Lakeland. It's not that, but it is a little lighter than that. And it's floral like that. And it did kind of ghost my pipe. So when I smoked that blend, when I smoked that blend in my Sabinelli 673 KS, which is my one of my Virginia pipes, I didn't even think anything of it. I smoked something else and I could taste it. Now, luckily I like the taste. And it's funny because I only start to taste it when I get halfway past the bowl. So whatever I'm smoking in it, I'm getting those flavors. Then I get to the halfway point and it's happened to me multiple times because I forget. I get halfway through and I go, oh, what's that? That's interesting. I'm like, oh crap, that's number eight slice. I could still taste it. And I cleaned it. I cleaned it with Everclear. I cleaned it out. And I only smoked one bowl in there and I could yeah. still, I got to be 10 bowls deep and I could still taste it. So I had be, to dedicate, it's I had to dedicate a whole pipe. Oil. It's got to be some kind of an oil. I don't know what it is. Otherwise, otherwise, it you know it's yeah, it's fascinating. The um, it it's something. I just picture them spraying it on the tobacco. I don't know, but maybe it is an oil base. Who knows? Yeah. But it's definitely definitely on there. And what I'm going to point out a video that you should check out on YouTube if you're interested in number eight slice. Um, well, Eldritch Pipe Pipes did one a few years ago, and. He loved it. He absolutely loved it. But the channel I want you to look at, if you want to look it up, watch a video on it because he's got, first of all, his visuals. His camera's great. The images are great. And he holds up the tobacco. You can really see it in the camera. His name is Caleb White. 
and Caleb White, the knife maker, and it's C-A-L-E-B, Caleb. And if you just typed in Caleb White, LJ Peretti, number eight slice, his video will come up. And he absolutely loved it. He said it was his Desert Island blend. And he talks about the Peretti, the Peretti-ness, or the Peretti essence, he calls it. And he thought it might be just something in the factory or on the table when they're making their tobacco, whatever they're using must get on in all their blends. But I'm pretty sure it's a casing. There's no way this flavor can be natural. It has to be added. And uh, it's probably like their signature on all their tobaccos. All their tobaccos have this little floral essence thing at the end, like, you know, in the finish. And that's probably their thing. But it's it's great. It's like one of a kind. And I think any any pipe smoker that smokes Virginias especially. I mean, their Burleys are great too. It's mostly aromatics. But add some Peretti, LJ Peretti to your collection, especially since 1870, America. Come on, Jay. Boston. You got to support. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to smokingpipes.com. <laughs> I'm looking it up right no, now. No, no, no. You got to go to ljperetti.com. It's not going to be on smoking pipes. ljperetti.com. That's where you get their stuff. But anyway, Jay, I'm done. You got anything else you want to add to this podcast? Thanks for stopping back. You, By the way, I meant to say that uh, you know I have a feedback form in the notes of each show, and somebody was like, bring back Jay Blanchard. He's like, I like yeah, that guy. He's, I swear, he's interesting. Get well, him to co-host. I'll, yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll, so. I'll tell you what. As soon as I hang up, I'll call my mom and thank her for saying that. That's all. <laughs> If your mom's name is John, then uh, we got a problem. <laughs> but it is 2023, so who knows? <laughs> yeah. All right, but, uh, brother. Well, happy new year to you and yours, and thanks for including me anytime, man. Anytime. I love the show, so anytime you well, want. Well, listen, I really want to start doing these more, so I'm going to start calling you and grabbing you more. And let's, maybe we'll try to get some of these YouTube guys on. And, yeah. Uh, try to get out like a couple of times a month, maybe, you think? Yeah, sure, no problem. No problem at all. All right, awesome. I I enjoyed it. Thanks for having me. Thanks, my man, and I'll talk to you soon. All right, brother. You take care.